This podcast is part of the A3K Network. For more information, visit www.anime3000.com. Warning. The views and opinions expressed by this producer are not necessarily the views and opinions expressed by Anime 3000, its producers, partners, or affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. You know that, that guy that like tell, tells you that all the shows you like suck? Because they do. You like terrible shows. Well, it's me. It's my podcast. But it's not just my podcast. There's another guy in his podcast. Won't you say hello, other guy in the podcast? Hey, I'm the other guy in the podcast, uh, Alex Berry. Uh, Cody gave me a phone call and said, hey, dude, we're doing a podcast tonight. And I was like, um, okay. So that's, that's basically the backstory behind uh, why I'm here. It's so. a fascinating backstory. Yeah. They, they should make a Guy Den episode, other side Guy Den, and a story how we started today's podcast. And it'll be awesome, and it'll be a three-episode OAV. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really fucking stupid. But uh, I'm sure it would sell. But speaking of OAVs, we're going to talk about something special today, because a lot of times on the other side, we talk about more general topics um this one today it's more specific because i found a little anime that i saw that i'm not quite sure whether i love it or hate it i'm not quite sure whether it is awesome or horrendous i and now you folks listening to the podcast might be saying well how the fuck do you not tell if something's awful or awesome that's like they're very on very different ends of the spectrum how how do you get the mix up well, you people have not seen a little anime by the name of Mad Bull 34. Hell yeah. Alex, why don't you uh, give the people a little rundown of what Mad Bull 34 is about? Um, well, before I do that, I, I would like to introduce people to this anime the way I was first introduced to it, if I may. Um, now, you, you, t- you told me about this, you told me to check it out, so uh, I, I found it and downloaded it, and I think I can get away with saying that because this is not commercially available anymore, so you don't have the option of buying it legitimately. But uh, I, I got the file, and uh, I opened it up with uh, VLC Media Player, and sometimes that program can be a little bit laggy it, it, it kind of started off slow at the beginning so just to make sure that the entire file was okay I moved the timer forward about five minutes or so <laughs> and the very the very first thing I saw when I, I started watching this was a couple of dudes dressed in like punk rock outfits with hockey masks on rollerblading <laughs> down the sidewalk with Grocery bags full of money, and this police car just screams into the frame out of nowhere and just runs these guys the fuck over. (laughs) And I thought, I might actually enjoy this. (laughs) And so uh, I went back to the beginning, and uh, but Mad Bull 34 is uh, basically a police drama. It stars uh, this 
huge hulking mountain man of a cop called Nan. He's Bull. like, he, well, technically his name is Sleepy. Well, well his friends call him Sleepy. Sleepy, yeah, he's like John Estes. Yeah. Um, is his name because he's named after a guitarist, Sleepy John, blues guitarist Sleepy John Estes. Oh, and uh, and he basically, if you're wondering what he looks like, people, he looks like Mike Hager. He's Mike Hager before there was Mike Hager. He he's like Mike Hager's dad or something. Yeah, and um, the other main character is a is a rookie cop new to the force named uh, Dizaboro. I don't know what his first name was. Or I, I, no, Dizaboro was his first name. His nickname was Eddie for some reason. And his last name is Ban. And oh. he's named after a, a Japanese guitarist, Eddie Ban. Oh, okay. And, and he introduces himself in quite – well, I don't want to get ahead of myself with the way he introduces his name. But, yeah, it's Dizaburo Eddie Ban. Oh, okay. His name. All right. Well, yeah, you know all the, the references to who these characters are named after and all I'm, that. I'm the, I'm the music nerd. You, you know that. All right. So uh, anyway, the, uh, these guys are cops in the uh, NYPD 34th precinct, and uh, basically they just go around fighting crime and killing the hell out of bad dudes. And oh, they—that's not, that's, kill, that, that's that's not a lazy description. That's really what the entire thing is about. They kill the hell out of bad dudes. <laughs> Uh, the first scene is like a woman. She's about to get raped. Two guys got her stripped naked. She's about to get raped, and then Sleepy busts in, and he's like, "What's up?" or says something. Shoots a guy in the head so many times he doesn't have a head anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's he's firing uh you know single round bullets here, and just like rips away enough of the flesh that yeah his head kind of flies off. Oh, I mean, the head doesn't fly off. He shoots like a bullet in the neck, a bullet in the head, a bullet in the neck, bullet in the head, and they much make such damage that there is no head anymore. Mm-hmm. From the neck up, no longer exists after the rounds that Sleepy unloads. I don't, I don't know what kind of ammo he's carrying, but uh, wow, those are some powerful yeah. rounds. Yeah, Mad Bull Thirty Four, like the the basic plot. Of the first story, because it's an OAV series based on a seinen manga, and the for we we're going to talk mainly about the first OAV. And what happens in this is that you have the uh, Daisuburo is new to the force, and he gets assigned uh, Sleepy as his partner. Mm-hmm. And Sleepy uh, has a unique way of enforcing the law. Uh, he will kill the fuck out of you. Um, because he ain't having your shit. Uh, but he always finds a way to legitimize, like, like, there's always a legitimate reason, sort of, that he's deadly force. Yeah. Um, but he, like, good lord, will he use the deadliest of four. One of your hockey masked, uh, hooligans at, from at one point, uh, Sleepy takes a shotgun, and in the most accurate shotgun shots of all time, Fires into the guy's mask, blowing his head off without destroying the mask. <laughs> that was so incredibly radical. Yeah, um, the thing about this show, you may be saying, like, this show sounds awesome. It seems awesome. I mean, it's this over-the-top, like, like a huge exaggeration of what Americans who make fun of Japan think Japan thinks America is. <laughs> um... It's just so crazy. It's crazy is the name of the game here. Uh, 
Sleepy is like uh, one of these characters. I want like on the one hand, I love him, and on the other hand, I don't love him at all. And we're gonna get into the things that are bad about this show. Um, but I mean, the main plot of the first one first revolves around stopping a couple criminals. Including the roller skate guys and then some dudes trying to rape a girl that they just sold guns to. But uh oh, they know how, they taught her how to shoot and so they know how to disarm her and they're going to rape her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sleepy and, and, uh, Dizaboro who happened to be dressed up like women because they were infiltrating a place that teaches women how to shoot guns and defend themselves. Cause that, that was apparently the, the crime ring going on here. That was the scam. <laughs> These guys had a place. Like a self-defense that teaches women how to use guns to defend themselves. They would sell them shitty derringers. Anyone who knows anything about a derringer knows there's a reason that a character in Trigun had to have 20 bajillion of them to be a threat. Uh, (laughs) Derringers suck. They're like a one-time use gun to like quickly kill someone, like surprise it, like comes out of your sleeve, you pop them in the chest and you walk away. You're not supposed to actually use a derringer like you would use a Glock. Um... So yeah, they sell, they, they teach them how to use shitty derringers. And then like, they'll follow the, the women home after, out of the place. And then when they try to pull the gun out, they like knock the gun out of their hand and rape them. And this is like apparently a big rape scam going on that Sleepy and Dizabro are infiltrating. Uh, uh, apparently people are fooled by Sleepy in drag. <laughs> well, he, he wore his- a mask to, uh, conceal his mustache. So he's all good. <laughs> <laughs> the eight foot tall, muscular, breastless woman with, with a clearly masculine. It was sideburn. Sideburns like a motherfucker go down to his jaw. They're not even sideburns. They're straps. <laughs> They're chin straps. And apparently, this fooled people. Um, and yeah, so like the guys are gonna rape this woman, and they sleepy blows them all away. Um. And what I like is that he tries to do after he like, like it was some woman who was like trying to do an expose, like a news crew. She had a news crew and she thought like the news crew would like, she would be okay because there was her news crew around, but, like yeah, sleepy, was, like uh, little- an investigative reporter who was trying to do a sting on these guys. Yeah, and like sleepy pointed out that they had like assault rifles and if her news crew did anything, uh, they would have blown them all away. Cause she was like, you know, that was police brutality, whatever. I'm gonna, Tell everybody what you did, even though you just saved me from being raped. You know, whatever. I'm the most grateful person in the world. <laughs> um, and and Sleepy like proves he was right, and then he does a dramatic walk away. But he's doing his dramatic walk away while still in complete drag. I I love how. Okay, you could say that they didn't have time to change or whatever, but they didn't even take the wigs or the high heels off. <laughs> like they made no effort to. <laughs> and. Sleepy shortly after finds out Dizaburo is a virgin. <laughs> so he doesn't tell Dizaburo what he's going to do. So he just takes him to a hotel room, throws him in a room with like a bajillion hookers. Because Sleepy's like friends with all the hookers. Um, he's like a de facto pimp. Um, but all the hookers have hearts of gold, so it's all right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so they basically just sends them all after Dizaburo. Most of them aren't wearing tops and just like, fuck him. <laughs> He's a virgin. And they're like, ooh, a virgin. Uh, I didn't know virgins were such a hot commodity with hookers. 
Um, I didn't know of, that either, but I, I'm not, you know, really up to date on on hooker culture, so it's possible. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of them are like, "Ooh, I don't even need money. I just want to fuck a virgin or whatever." <laughs> um, and they're getting to the point where they've got his clothes partially off, and he's like, "No, no, no." And he's like, he's saving himself for marriage, and then they all get like, "What? Ah, lame," and they leave. And like sleepy's like, sorry, girls, I didn't know. Uh, no, don't, that's just sleepy. <laughs> yeah, they, they they have like a little man to man chat afterwards, and he's like, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't know or whatever. And he's like, just trying okay. to do you a favor, man, trying to hook you up. Um, <laughs> and then we have like the main plot, mm. where like uh, sleepy is taking like. Pseudo taxes off the hookers. <laughs> was I? This was convoluted as shit. What was he like? He was fucking the hookers. He was paying them, but then like at the end of the week, he'd take back all the money he paid them. Like, I, collectively. Yeah, there there was some system where they said the money was his, or I guess he was charging them to allow them to keep doing what they were doing, or or something like that. Yeah, anyway, but and... It didn't matter, because he was giving the money to charity, so it's okay. Right, yeah, that's kind of a spoiler, but we'll just throw that in there anyway. At the end of this little Apple Plus, it's re- revealed he had been taking the money from the hookers and get, and donating it, and the charity was the most, like, like holy shit, good Samaritan fucking charity. It was, like, to support, and it wasn't even, like, a charity. It was just, in general, to support... uh victims of uh like battered women and victims of rape yeah, yeah. like gen- general like it was so hard of gold shit <laughs> it was it was the cheesiest goddamn thing i've ever heard in my life <clears throat> and uh but it was like like so cheesy that i loved it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it was like uh was he's taking money from hookers to 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 pay for like to to help charities that help rape victims and battered women and he plants trees and saves kicked puppies and all that shit. <laughs> but anyway, the main plot is that this dude named big black dude named Curtis wants to wants in on Sleepy's turf and he wants to become the head pimp around the district that Precinct Thirty Four runs. Um, and he. Gets in via like one of Sleepy's fuck buddies, and basically threat like tell like he's set trying to set, set a trap for Sleepy or something, and she warns him through Dizaboro, but then Curtis finds out she squealed, and it's like this really like he, he roughs her up, and then like apparently this big black man is a Bond villain because <laughs> his method of killing her for doing what she did he has a special apparently he's a chemist he has his own special molotov cocktail that he puts he he like bends the bars of this bed the backboard of this bed puts her head in it that bends it back so her head stuck and then right in front of her face on a chair he puts this bottle say that's my special molotov cocktail formula when the room temperature reaches a certain point it'll explode and he just turns the stove on and walks away (laughs) it's like isn't that the most inefficient way to set something like that off i I have (laughs) to say though i gotta give this uh this thing credit 
that is the first time in any work of fiction I have seen a villain set up a needlessly convoluted death trap like that where it actually worked. Yeah, it blew up and killed her. I'm like, there is and no way that's going to go off and kill her. And then, like, they almost get there and it goes off. And I'm going, oh, holy shit, it actually worked. Okay. Cool. <laughs> this Curtis you, guy. Black villain, you know, you did a good yeah, job. This, this Curtis guy set the benchmark for Bond villains to come to just set up these ridiculous traps. Like, well, it worked for that guy. I mean, come on. Uh, he, he didn't again. have sharks or lasers or anything. It's just, you know... He turned the, the stove on, and then that was enough to kill her. So, yeah, props. And Sleepy declares revenge. So he goes after Curtis, and one of Curtis's boys cuts the – like, like masquerading as a gas station attendant, uh, cuts the oil line on their car, and they cause him to crash, but they survive, and they go after Curtis. They follow <laughs> – they, they pretend to be dead. And they disguise themselves as nuns. So this is two cross-dressing instances in one episode. Disguise themselves as nuns at their funeral. And with all their family and friends there, they fool everybody. And they, I like Sleepy has to hold the nun veil over his face to cover his mustache. <laughs> and then for whatever reason, like a plan so stupid, it has to work. Uh, Curtis's henchman shows up at the funeral with all those cops there. <laughs> this guy showed up at a policeman's funeral. I guess, I guess the idea was that Curtis was going to send one of his boys to make sure he's dead, you know, confirm it, but uh. isn't there a better way? <laughs> but it worked. So they follow this guy, and they're not even really high. They're like, like you, you know, you ever seen like a like a Metal Gear Solid or a Splinter Cell where someone's like right around the corner? And they got they're like up against the wall peeking. These guys are doing that against a railing four feet away from this guy, not against the corner. They're just up a small staircase. Just no peripheral vision. <laughs> this guy apparently doesn't see the eight foot tall nun with a mustache. He gets on the train and he meets with Curtis on the on the subway for some reason. And shit goes down. Fucking sleepy and dies real busting, a fight happens. The amount of violence that takes place in this fight is indescribable. Oh my god. This fight any problem. I was having with this show, I forgot during this fight. Uh, it's like a knockdown drag out brawl between Sleepy and Curtis, who is also as large and muscular as Sleepy. Uh, which, which culminates in, uh, Curtis choking Sleepy and holding his head out the subway, like an open door on the subway. And Dysboro can't shoot him. For whatever reason, I can't remember. He was having, but then he finally pulls the trigger. Then we have 80s bullet time, 80s anime bullet time. It goes into bullet time before there was bullet time. Bullet slow motion flies out of the gun, goes toward Curtis, hits his shoulder, and we see in full detail, slow mo, the bullet yank flesh off the shoulder, yank it up, and tear the flesh off the shoulder. Just as this real bullets do. Yes. This causes Curtis to scream in pain, at which point Sleepy, like, hits him in the face, shattering, shattering Curtis's sunglasses, 
and causing the shards of sunglass to go into his eyes. <laughs> at which so point, weird. at this point, Sleepy takes Curtis's head, puts it out the door Curtis was holding Sleepy, at which point a subway train coming the opposite direction comes alongside, slams into Curtis's face, and rips his head off, and just Curtis's blood smears in a geyser all over this fucking second subway, covering Sleepy from, like, head to torso in Curtis's blood. Then the other guy, the henchman, gets up, at which point... Sleepy holds, like, uh, Dysboro's hands from behind to steady his hand, and then he just shoots the shit out of this guy, <laughs> shooting him so many times there's hardly anything left of him. And he's got, his remains are blown against the wall, there's blood everywhere, and Sleepy's like, if they're still standing, you gotta keep shooting till there's nothing left of him, with the most evil look on his face. <laughs> and I'm watching all this going... What did I just watch? Like, is this the greatest thing ever? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> well, you know, there's that, that, that moment when um, the subway door is open and uh, Sleepy is holding Curtis out the window. Where it, even before the other train comes along, you know that what is about to transpire is going to be the most spectacularly violent thing ever depicted in animation. And it did not disappoint. No, it, it this thing it's is quite fantastic, actually. Gloriously violent, uh, and then like Sleepy is held in front of a uh, like a internal affairs trial thing over his actions, and then by then Dysboro vouches for him that Sleepy's use of deadly force was justified every time, and even points out some got a hand to the writers. Points out something I was thinking the exact moment he said it. Someone was had. Where the hell did you guys get pictures of this? Mm. Like, you were taking pictures, but you didn't help? <laughs> and then Dysabro points that out. I was like, hey, good going. I was like the same damn thing. Yeah. And then gets Sleepy off the hook and sleeps. The day is saved. And then the little thing, Sleepy's in the hospital. He got stabbed in the chest, but he's, he's literally so fucking huge, the knife couldn't penetrate to his heart. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in the hospital, and like well, that's when the girl comes like, oh, I hope he's okay. And like, don't you know what he's been doing? He takes the money from the hookers and like, to help rape victims and shit. And uh, then, like, like uh, we did all we could, and we got to give him some rest. And, like, Sleepy's been in there for a while, so... Dysboro, still for some reason dressed like a nun, uh, has <laughs> like not taken. Later, so. He has not taken this outfit off. <laughs> Opens up to check out on Sleepy, and what's Sleepy doing? He's banging a nurse. <laughs> By the way, if you've ever wanted to see a Mike Hager lookalike have sex, not to worry. We get two instances of that in one episode. Yeah, these episodes are like an hour long, but. But here's the thing about this show, like the bad points, because I'm sure everybody listening out there is like, well, what's what's bad about this? It sounds great. Um, See, everybody's already stopped listening, and they're off, you know, like eBaying the VHS copy or downloading it or something, you know. It's... Uh, should I mention the fucked up stuff, or should you? Because I, I kind of gave a plot summary of the good stuff. I think, Alex, you should kind of enlighten the folks to Well, actually, we might have some differing opinions about... A- what exactly was wrong with this? So why why don't you interject a few what what you All were right. particularly bothered by? Uh, as anybody who's in the podcast knows, I have d- disgusting feminist tendencies. I'm sorry, I know it's a flaw. 
there is a odd women are like constantly being raped and pushed around and I don't want to use the word objectified, but you're making me. <laughs> um, and like, it's all blondes because Japan, you know, Japan is, they think all Americans are blonde. Uh-huh. Um, so it's all blonde women, I guess. So they're more exotic and American. There's like blonde women in trouble is like a theme of this damn thing. <laughs> constant, just constant blonde women in trouble. Um, constant like the nudity if there's a blonde woman on screen she gonna get naked at some point uh like to the point where it gets dumb at the after point uh and then the one of them pisses herself when a guy holds a gun to her that was weird and uncomfortable and out of nowhere just suddenly she's pissing herself and then like the whole thing where she went into shock and she wouldn't let go of Dizaboro and Sleepy just like oh, yeah. stick a finger up her ass and that'll keep, that'll snap her out of it. <laughs> and then he does it. It was weird enough that, that fucking Sleepy just cows his ass, stick a finger up her ass. And then Dizaboro fucking sticks a finger in her ass. Yeah, and then she gets all angry and he has like no idea what's going on. Like, you know. And, I didn't mean by it the like way, that. <laughs> and the- What's up with the finger going in her piss so like in her ass with her piss soaked pants? Classy, classy as fuck. Um, yeah, that the the, the that kind of stuff is really what bothered me. Hmm. Probably above all else, like I can understand the extremeness. I can understand like because who doesn't want to see a rapist get shot so many times? There's nothing left of him. That's cathartic as hell. Yeah. Rapists are, like, one of the worst things to ever exist in all of time. So to see, like, a big Mike Hager-looking motherfucker bust in, like, what's up, rapist, and just shoot, not just shoot him, but shoot him out of existence. <laughs> shoot that's him into awesome. a cloud of blood. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but by the fifth rape of the episode, <laughs> um, we have a problem. Uh, one-track mind, perhaps. Uh, and... Again, again, the woman pissing herself was like, "What the fuck?" I was I was not having that. Um, and the the, the thing, like, I kind of wa- I have to bring up how dumb their plot was to disguise themselves as nuns and everything. On the other hand, like, it's so cartoonishly dumb, it's amazing. Yeah, but it's still fucking stupid. It tried to go even a little bit more realistic with it. I think uh, it just, you know. It would have broken the illusion, but like you said, it's just so over the top with how absurd it is. Like, like this show is so – it is both glorious and assholish in how, <laughs> in how like, in-your-face extreme and manly it is. Like, on one hand, it's amazing. But then on the other hand, it's like it, – it, it will then lapse into, like, a moronic frat boy. Huh. And then, like – you know, if you like your strong, like, this, this is, this is doing, like, what I've mentioned before, what Black Lagoon does for female representation in anime. Mad Bull 34 is in the other direction entirely. <laughs> like, like, the, the uh, women. The women in this are pretty much useless. Yeah, and almost identical. They exist solely to have men attempt to rape them, at which point Sleepy busts in, like, nah. Um, what were, what were your problems with it? Uh, mostly the same thing. Um, 
like I said, I, I don't know if uh, objectification is the right word, but um, yeah, the, the women didn't really do anything in this, and, and the one woman who tried to do something ended up getting killed for it because she did it so ineptly. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was, I, I was thinking a lot about, uh, whether I like this or not. Well, not, not so much that, but whether it was, it was good or bad or however you want to quantify. I, I can't put it in terms of good or bad. To me, it was just entertaining as hell. Yeah, Mad Bull 34 is odd. You can't call it a good show or a bad show. It is neither. And yet it is both. Yeah. It's like some Lovecraftian beast of entertainment. It's entertaining as hell. Yeah. It's also stupid as hell. <laughs> but it's also amazing as hell. But it's like every time you then compliment it, you then have to say how bad it is. But then you immediately have to say how good it is. Don't try to describe Mad Bull 34 in terms of quality. You will get stuck in a Mobius loop yeah. because you will compliment it. But then there is a part of your brain that catches you complimenting it. It's like, you got to bring up how fucking stupid this is. Yeah. But then when you start talking shit about it, that other part of your brain comes, you immediately got to say, but wait, this is still really good and I loved it. <laughs> but then like, then as you say, I loved it, that other part of your brain kicks in. It's like, wait a minute, I fucking hated this, you know. <laughs> Trying to talk about Mad Bull 34 quality-wise will catch your brain it, it, it's like a paradox that kills a robot. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like in a Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, the Tachikomas at one point wanted to get away from an android girl, like because the the Section Nine group they got all these and, like identical android like secretary assistant whatever androids, and one of them was supposed to be watching the Tachikomas, and to get away from her, they asked it a question that caught it in a loop, mm-hmm. and it was thinking about it and repeating the question, and then it started 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 to stutter like that, and and, and locked up. It broke it uh, they, by they presenting that, it with a paradox. Uh, too. Yeah, uh, where it was like, the, well, yeah, but Futurama's not an anime. This is an anime podcast. Skip the program. Come on now. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be a nerd. Don't be a nerd. Sorry, man. Uh, I'm but, sorry, uh, but yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you don't, don't do that. Don't try to say this is good or bad. Yeah. Uh, just, it is gloriously entertaining. <laughs> Something else uh, that um, you know, I, I I like this, and maybe it was just me, but th- something that I've noticed in uh, quite a few anime series that uh, focus exclusively on America or characters that they try to emphasize are American or, or anything like that, it almost feels like they're trying to make fun of American stereotypes, but in doing so, they screw up and just make us look awesome. <laughs> Good example is um, uh, is Gundam Maxter, I think it's called, from G Gundam. Yeah. Yeah, because all the Gundams are based around, um, you know, different nationalities or whatever, and, you know, they're... And the blatant stereotypes they're in. Yeah, yeah, so they, they sort of represent something that, you know, you would associate with that country. So the American Gundam is like this huge hulking thing with uh, football gear... It turns into boxing gloves. Uh, yeah, boxing gloves, and it shoots guns, and, and it's, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at these. these and the dude, the, pi- the pilot is the most manliest son of a bitch on that whole damn show. Exactly. And, um, you know, that was that was really the case with this. I mean, they, they play up our national pride to, uh, you know, a degree that 
it you you want to be insulted, but you're too overcome with pride to to feel insulted. It's like you almost want like yeah you you almost want to tell Japan yeah no that totally is America yeah and it it, it really is it will fuck you up. <laughs> Crazy shit goes on here all the time, but that's okay because we have giant mother Mike Hager looking motherfuckers that will just bust in and ruin your shit if you fuck with us. The uh, the other surreal thing about um, how you like that I was like how you like that with your pretty boys and your shiny hair and your problems and your angst. We'll just bring our giant Mike Hager looking motherfuckers and straighten you the fuck out and fuck the shit out of your childhood friend that you're too much of a dickless loser to get with because uh, I don't like her like that. Uh, yeah, well, Mike Hager Jr. is going to bust in here and he's going to like her like that and he's going to give her the kind of sex she ain't never going to have again in her life and you you fucking should have you fucking should have made a move, but you didn't because you're an over-emotional Japanese bishonen. You need to realize that there are motherfucking Americans out there that are exactly like you think they are. They are Big, hulking motherfuckers with giant guns that will blow you into a cloud of blood. And they will fuck the shit out of anything that moves with a pair of tits and a nice figure. So you better make a move on your childhood friend now. Because if Sleepy decides to make an overseas trip, (laughs) tentacles are going to be the least of the Japanese female population's problems. Japan is not big enough for Sleepy. <laughs> Sleepy could not fit in Japan. He could not fit inside Japanese buildings. <laughs> he would make himself fit. Sleepy, if this show were more well-known, fuck Chuck Norris jokes. They'd be talking about Sleepy. But he's so absurd. Like, you, sh- by all intents and purposes... A decent human being should hate Sleepy, <laughs> but you can't hate Sleepy. He makes you love him with how ridiculous everything that goes on in Mad Bull 34 is. He's, like, he's Sleepy is that you love about Republicans without any of the stuff you don't. <laughs> exactly. Sleepy will bust in, destroy, literally, anything in his way. And then fuck the hell out of the woman because she's in arm's reach. <laughs> and then he'll take a nap in the squad car while Skyzaboro uh, does the work. Exactly. <laughs> and drives him around. But now, uh, I, I, I liked it was it was a little thing, but um, I, I really liked it uh, at the beginning where they sort of had that uh, you know they they were showing. Shots in New York, and they kind of had that uh, Jack Webb style voiceover talking about, you know, this is New York and it's a crime infested slum hole or whatever they called it, and the worst area is the 34th pre- uh, pre- precinct. Hell if I could speak. And uh, the men and women of the law enforcement, and, you know, very, very dragnet esque, I thought. But uh, and, uh yeah, speaking it's of the so totally different from the rest of the show. <laughs> speaking of voiceover, I, in keeping with the spirit of the show, I can't tell whether this dub is horrendous or amazing. <laughs> this is an early dub. This is before the anime boom. Uh, I don't know, like, why this show was picked up when it was. Uh I guess they were thinking we'll get an adult cartoon out there and we'll get some money from that and 
It'll just be so over the top. We can make some easy money from like teenagers that aren't supposed to see this. <laughs> the dub. Basically, Dysaburo speaks in a ridiculously stereotypical, hey, New Yorker kind of accent. He introduces himself like, my name is Dysaburo Eddie Band. But uh, that that comes and goes, if you'll notice. Yeah. It kind of, but well, he always has it, but how exaggerated it is tends to change. Yeah, how how he there, there's very little consistency with how he pronounces certain things, and yeah, how how much the accent is projected kind of fades in and out in different scenes. So, uh, Sleepy's voice actor legitimately seems to be trying to sell this, uh, which is surprising because I looked up the actors and I can't find anything else this guy's been in except for like one or two roles ever. So I don't know what this guy's done overall. He was but, born to play this role. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's that he did an all right job. I can't think of any scenes where he was particularly bad. No. Um, he he, you could get the feeling this dude loved Sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> he was enjoying the shit out of this role, and how can you not? Uh, I'm pretty sure every woman in this thing was voiced by the same person. <laughs> Yeah, that, that and, wouldn't surprise me. And none of them were an attractive individual. No, the women themselves were drawn hot enough for the art style, but I'm talking about the voice. Hmm. It was pretty much, uh, how would you describe this one voice? Which uh, one that? The women voice. Oh, just the, the general. I don't know, it, it, it feels like somebody just asked, like their librarian or something. It's like, hey, you want to come do some voiceover work for an anime? <laughs> Make 30 bucks? She was like, okay. Yeah, it, 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 a lot of times it sounded like a, a mobster's wife. Not a mobster's wife, a mobster's girlfriend. Like, well, yeah, it kind of did like, that uh, st- sort of stereotypical... Um, oh, how, how would you... Uh, sort of a Jersey accent, I guess? Something like that, or like a Chicago Bronx kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, sort of. The Bronx uh, accent. Almost, almost kind of like a uh, uh, Harley Quinn sort of. But yeah. Not anywhere near as well done as that, but. Yeah, it's like Harley Quinn's. A- Harley Quinn's accent. But I did all the time. Um, and, and you hear these women moan during the sex scenes. That's not attractive moaning. Coming out of their mouths. That's a new sound altogether. Is it just me, or did one of the uh, the hookers that uh, Sleepy was with sound like she had uh, like a Wisconsin accent? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Did not sound like she was from New York, whatever it was. Yeah. Um. And, and the, a lot of the voices are just so cheesy, and a lot of it's poorly acted. But it's that kind of like glorious poorly acted. Like something the Mystery Science Theater guys would take on. Yeah. This was, it is this very was the B-movie. roadhouse of anime. Very much so. Yeah, it, it's... It, it's... Indescri- this, it, this show must be seen dubbed. I don't care, like... Uh, superior Japanese... First of all, it takes place in America. If you're watching in Japanese, you're a fucking nerd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to see this thing dubbed. It is gloriously cheesy. <laughs> uh, but I think... I want to bring up... You didn't watch it. I did. The second OAV, the second episode. Uh, I'm not going to go in too much in uh, four in total, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it basically introduces a female character. I don't know if she's a main character or not. 
Uh, she's pretty useless, even though it kind of paints her as if she could know what she's doing. Uh, at one point, like, there's a scummy detective that's helping with this drug sting, trying to, this drug ring off the streets. And they're supposed to be, like, waiting in the car as a front. So this scummy detective takes the opportunity to start raping the female detective. Because, hey, they're there, and she can't fight him off because they're supposed to stay undercover. And okay. he, he gets far too far before she finally runs off. And he's starting with the porno dialogue and everything. And I'm watching this. And again, there's that thing where, God, I fucking hate this right now. <laughs> and it's like, then she finally runs off. It's like, why did you let him get that fucking far? He had his hand up your cooter. You couldn't have pulled out a gun and put it in his face, hey, knock it the fuck off. Well, it's just like before the, uh, it got to that point. The attempted <clears throat> gang rape in uh, the first part, where they're going after the girl and. Uh, um, they get her down. They they've tackled her by that point, and Dizaboro's guys get out. He's like, "Okay, let's get him." And Sleepy's like, "No, wait." And then it cuts back, and they rip her top off. And then he's like, "Okay, now we can go." <laughs> I know. I laughed my ass off when that came up. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Just let the let the titties get out. Yeah. Okay, now we can go. <laughs> Sleepy, you despicable, lovable son of a bitch. <laughs> That wasn't what his intent was. Apparently, it was to kind of confirm they were going to do what they were going to do so he could have an excuse to blow them away. Yeah. But that's not how it looks. It's <laughs> like, so wait, 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 wait. At least I can let him get to the good part. Yeah. All right, now we have titty. Let's go. Yeah. Um, at one point, and, and then this is the part where this show can get uncomfortable with the rape. Where like, like the, 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 the sting goes sour and Dizaboro and this, this detective chick are captured when it turns out the scummy detective, surprise, surprise, was in on the drug ring the whole time. Mm. Uh, as if you couldn't tell he was a bad guy. <laughs> um, Spoiler warning! <laughs> like, you know, one could fucking tell. Um, and, like, Dizaboro gets the shit kicked out of him, and this, well, first she's about to get raped. I mean, the guy, she's naked, the guy's over her, insertion is, like, that close. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Dizabros tries to, like, taunt them and shit to, because he apparently likes this girl, and he's trying to get them off her, so he's taunting them as sort of a lightning rod of hate. Mm-hmm. And they beat the fuck, they, they do indeed back off a rape in her and beat the fuck out of him. They beat him to a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. At which point Sleepy finally busts in and does what Sleepy does best. At one point, I shit you not, again, this is this thing where the show will make you really uncomfortable and hate it, and then it does shit like this, and like, I'm sorry, what did I hate? Because this is incredible. The leader of this whole, the, the, the I can't remember if it was the scumbag detective or the leader of this drug ring. Sleepy thro- it throws him into the wall so hard, he's pinned into the wall. At which point, Sleepy takes a desk, throws the... No, it was a table. It was a table. No, it was a table. Yeah. Throws the table at him so hard, the table hits his neck and decapitates a man with a coffee table. Holy By shit. throwing the coffee table, decapitates this man. <laughs> and it is at this point I'm like, I'm sorry, was I complaining about something a second ago? I can't remember. Because Mike Hager Jr. just decapitated a man with a coffee table. Sounds incredible. Again, this fucking show. This fucking show. 
You know, there I was, think uh, I, love, I love you. I hate you. I love you. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, there was, uh, it might still be running, in fact. I still, I have not got to the best part, though. I must get to the best part. Oh, go ahead. They're outside. They're pinned down. It's a confusing fucking gunfight. Weird shit's happening. You don't know who's winning or losing. Sleepy and Dizaboro are driven. I can't, no, this was before this, the coffee table impalement. But I say craziest for last. Sleepy and Dizaboro forced up the top of this water tower as the guys are shooting at him. Sleepy has prepared for such a thing, just in case they got in a situation. What does Sleepy do to prepare in case they're cornered by these this drug ring? He drops trowel, and he has a jockstrap of hand grenades. <laughs> now, here's the amazing part. I have not got to the amazing part. He's not wearing a jockstrap with hand grenades on them. He has fastened the hand grenades by the pin to each and every one of his pubes. <laughs> and he starts pulling them off his pubes, which also unpins them, and starts throwing hand grenades at these drug guys, at these at the street gang. And dies Bro's like, yeah, good idea, and starts yanking him off, but he yanks off the whole grenade, which plucks Sleepy's pubes. So he's kind of like, oh, oh, every time Dizaburo pulls off a grenade. So these two guys are pulling off hand grenades that Sleepy has tied to his individual pubic hairs. That is the ultimate in being prepared. Are you sure those weren't his balls? Because I can totally picture that guy having hand grenades for balls. That he had a lot of nads because it was a bush. I don't know how he was hiding this. <laughs> it was a total bush of hand grenades. Again, this is what the, I just realized. It just hit me. This show is actually amazing. This is what it fucking does. It will just brag that it can get away with. Yep, I just did a stupid, implausible rape near rape scene. Yeah, it was creepy. Uh, like, the implication that someone's probably getting hard on from this scene. Yep, creepy, creepy, creepy as hell. But you know what? You're going to love it. Because here's a dude with hand grenades on his pubes. <laughs> this, this show trolls you and will force you to love it. And you know what it is? It's an abusive boyfriend. Wow. It's like... That's a, a a very appropriate analogy for a, a lot of reasons. Yeah, it it like it does horrible horrible things to you. It will make you watch terrible terrible things. And you're like, this is awful. This is horrendous. This is disgusting. Then it will immediately follow it with something so incredible. You can't leave. You're almost apologizing to the show for holding it accountable for its stupid shit. It's like when the woman... This is going to get dark, but it's fucking true. It's like the woman getting beat by her husband, apologizing for whatever the guy is beating her for. Saying, it's my fault, it's my fault. This is what Mad Bull 34 does to you. 
I'm sorry for having real fucking morals that any decent human being should have. I'm sorry, Mad Bull 34. Just show me the guy getting the shards of his own sunglasses go through his eyes again. Oh, don't be like that, baby. Here's some more rapists getting shot. <laughs> again, and it was like literally like you just saw a creepy attempted rape go way too far. Really uncomfortable. But you don't care because Sleepy's got grenades tied to his pubes. <laughs> I, I, I don't see that now. It's, it is like when I saw Sleepy show his bush of grenades, I am not exaggerating when I say my jaw dropped. <laughs> in physical in physical reality, outside of any hyperbole or silly joke or situation, in physical reality, my mouth ha- hung agape. That's amazing. I had to pause the video... My head down on the computer desk with this bewildered laugh. It was the laugh form of an oh my god. With trying my best to say the words, he has grenades on his pubes. And again, it makes you uncomfortable with how far these guys are about to rape a central protagonist. And then... Sleepy decapitates a man with a coffee table. <laughs> I was going to say earlier is um, there's a, an anime magazine, I think it might still be running, called uh, Anime Insider. I used to read it periodically because it was one of the less obnoxious anime I magazines. I believe it is. I, I, I believe I've seen it in my gro- local grocery store from time to time. Okay, yeah. Well, it's quite a bit, uh, quite a bit less otaku-y than the uh, new type or whatever that was called. Or, or, or Otaku USA. Yeah, yeah, that one too. But um, one of the the many features they had running for uh, for a short time at least is they had uh, Death of the Month. It was like a little sidebar column where every month they would highlight a death from an anime series that was particularly violent or you know just really over the top or however you want to look at that. And I'm surprised. I assume that no one on the editorial staff had watched Mad Bull before, because if they had, it would just be month after month. They would just <laughs> go down the line. Because of every death in Mad Bull 34. No one just dies in Mad Bull 34. No, man. Not a, not a single solitary person just dies. In Mad Bull 34. If Mad Bull 34 ele- elevates death to an art form. There was an old man who they wanted to depict having a heart attack. What he would do is fall to his knees and begin to convulse violently before his chest exploded, causing his entire upper torso to rip apart and explode into an eight-foot-tall geyser of blood and organs. That would be yeah. the Mad Bull 34 equivalent of someone having a heart attack. And Sleepy would be there to make a quip. Yeah. And you would think, Sleepy, that's wrong. I love you, Sleepy. <laughs> you, you hurt me so good, Sleepy. You hurt me so good. <laughs> and at the end of the second episode, they think Dizaboro's going to die. Hmm. So, I <laughs> shit you not. Again, this is... I love you, Mad Bull 34. You run on your own fucking logic. <laughs> The guy, he tells the female detective, well, he really had a thing for you. 
and he looks like he's about to die. We don't know if he's going to make it. So at least make his last moments more comfortable if you married him. <laughs> and she does it. <laughs> she fucking does it. <laughs> they have a ceremony in the fucking hospital room. And this is painted as if it's a wonderful thing. And then dies of her own. Snaps out of it, and he's fine. <laughs> I have to see episode three to see if this shenanigan continues. Oh, God, I, I hope it does. <laughs> well, I, well, I didn't expect you to live when I married you. I kind of was doing it as a charity for a dying man. I didn't think we were going to do all this. <laughs> Sleepy fucking told me. I can't resist that Mike Hagar mustache of his. Ah. Uh... This this is this is a series that does not apologize for anything. No, <laughs> it does not. You know what I mean? Like what, what what berserk is to tasteful adult content with gore and rape? Like Mad Bull thirty four is so on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> berserk is like the well written appropriate adult manga. Mad Bull 34 is like fucking guns and titties. <laughs> blood, just blood everywhere. Just guns, they explode. It's like Michael Bay makes Michael Bay look like a shithead. Like, like Mad Bull 34 makes a Michael Bay movie look like a Disney Channel original movie. Damn straight. My, like, Maple 34, like, looks at Michael Bay movies and says, you fucking pussy. <laughs> you little girl. You are a small child. Get that shit out of my face. Uh, you know it what is I is glorious. I'm going to say it is glorious. Again, you cannot, I am always one to focus on quality above everything. You can't, literally can't do that with Mad Bull 34. It has transcended judgment on quality because it has gone so far in both fucking directions that it and the viewers have lost their collective minds. And you can do nothing but indulge in the raw entertainment being injected into your eye. Into the white of your eye, this enter- pure entertainment is being injected via Mad Bull 34. <laughs> it is an anomaly without compare. Hmm. What did you have to say? Uh, no, I was just going to say that um, <coughs> when, you, when you first told me the title of the series, before I uh, got a chance to check it out, um, or before I got a chance to watch it, um, I saw the the cover of I don't know if it was one of the uh the video releases or the manga or whatever but I think it was the first video release but just just based on that um the first thing that registered in my mind was this is going to be one of those series where you know it just reeks of people not really trying and I was wrong about that what this <laughs> is is a case of people giving something every bit of their heart and mind and soul and it just so happens that the people who did this happen to have outrageously fucked up priorities. <laughs> but goddammit, they tried. And they, they achieved what they set out to do. Yeah, they did. It was like, this is what would happen if you gave a crazy person his own TV show and said, 
do whatever you want. <laughs> Say, well, I mean, is there anything I can't do? No. Should I not, like, go here, or can I, like... No. Can I show rape? Go ahead. <laughs> I can show rape. Show whatever the fuck you want. How about, uh... How about grenades tied to a man's pubic hair? Show that shit. <laughs> it, does, it does have the air of someone kind of trying to get fired. <laughs> like, just seeing how far they can push that envelope before somebody says, Nope. I am afraid. I am... I, I am... I fear what episode four might be in the way that a teenage white girl fears a large black man's cock. <laughs> like, I don't know if I can handle all that. Uh, I want it, but I don't know if I will be safe. I don't, there might be safety issues at hand here. Uh, I, they, it might harm me. As much as I want that, it might do me bodily harm. I am nervous and conflicted and worried. Be a and man. And that's how I... Be a man, Cody. Take that big black <laughs> dick. <laughs> now that we have the best soundbite ever recorded for this podcast... I think, I think, that's, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, but before we wrap it up, actually, there's one thing I want to address... Mad Bull 34 in its crazy this is an this is a good example of good crazy because we seem to have an epidemic in this country and possibly in, around the world um apparently there is this idea that any stupid fucking premise is amazing there is this idea especially people that want to make characters out of themselves We'll get this idea that, like, any ridiculous premise you throw at them is the coolest thing ever. Mad Bull 34 is an, is basically the example of this is how you actually are supposed to do madness and nonsense and over-the-top ridiculous bullshit. Because it, there is an honesty to it. It is like an adult axe cop. <laughs> like, if axe cop is the honesty of what comes from the imagination of a small kid given, like, just taken totally seriously and thus becoming hilarious. Mad Bull 34 is what is the... what Taking seriously something from the imagination of a fucking crazy person and having that total honesty. Because now there is a thing where, like, you can have, like... You tell someone a stupid idea, but because it's just random and ridiculous... How many times have we heard this phrase, what's wrong with that? That sounds great. What's wrong with that? That sounds awesome. How many times have we fucking heard that sentence? Like the fucking A3K podcast I was on not too long ago. Fucking bringing up a scene from Painting and Stocking of dressed like Painting Stocking, dressed like police, beating zombies up with dildos. And the response, what's wrong with that? That sounds awesome. Apparently we're still 12. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, it's really, it comes down to a matter of execution. I mean, to be fair, to play devil's advocate, uh, being a zombie to death with a dildo isn't that far removed from a dude killing drug lords by tying hand grenades to his pubic hair. I don't know. The hand grenades to his pubic hair have gone into a new realm of absurd. But it also comes from somewhere in that it comes from this exaggerated manliness. It is a man with tying hand grenades to his pubic hair. There, it, with, with zombies and a dildo, there's nothing from that except... LOL, uh, there's a dick. 
Well, you were... Like there's nothing. It comes from nothing. Like like that kind of exaggerated craziness works if it comes from something. There's something again. There's that honesty to it. There's that it comes from some somewhere in the heart, whatever place of in the heart that is. It comes from there. Like hitting zombies in the head with a dildo doesn't come from anywhere within the heart, within the soul, within you know anything like that. That's just basically the only thing that comes from is this reaction. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Well, I I, I think you might be uh, romanticizing absurdity a little bit there, but uh, well, no, it's it's just it's 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 this. I mean, it's not so much romanticizing. There's a formula to basically doing anything right. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the big things I learned from all the studying I did. There, there's when if you're going for something, it's got to come from something, and you have to get there. You have to know how you're getting there, and all that. I'm not going to recite everything from every book and essay I read, but basically, you ha- it, you can't just throw ideas on a dartboard and go. That's ah, so random. Uh, and it's kind of pissing me off that that's happening now, and it's pissing me off a little bit that that's actually working with some people. And it's like, how depraved of anything good are you where you're reaching for that? Probably the biggest example of that was Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagan was nothing wrapped in nothing, stamped with nothing, and then nothing took a piss on it. It was just like crazy shonen shit, with, like the most empty crazy shonen shit. It was basically a show based on crazy shonen shit. Not really like parodying anything and not a satire it was just let's do crazy shonen shit but crazier we're not gonna work on the plot too much we're gonna but we're gonna take it really seriously but it's not gonna make a whole lot of sense but man are we gonna take it seriously and again it doesn't come from anywhere it's not it doesn't it's like it should i don't want to say touch the heart but there should be something in you that it grabs like that thing with the grenades on the pubic hair that is balls to the wall pardon the pun manly that that's where that comes that's why it can get away with it it's so silly and manly and you get that the second it happens it's just like you feel like you're having as much fun as the writers in that instance and it's just that crazy manliness there's no like now what passes for crazy manliness is a dude wearing Elton John glasses and wearing no shirt and telling you to and telling you nonsense motivational phrases. Like what the fuck? I I feel like I feel like the the dad watching his kids game and then seeing that moment where everyone gets a trophy. Like <laughs> what the fuck kind of sissies are this ra- this generation? Well, that that's what you're calling manly. Well, we live in uh we live in a a, a very cynical age, but I don't think everybody quite grasps the basic concepts of cynicism and what it takes to be really subversive. And I don't know, it's it's like the, the, the term irony gets used a lot, and 98% of the time it's used inappropriately because people don't actually know what the real definition of irony is. If you're a grown man and you like My Little Pony, that's irony. But no, irony is... Well, I'm not going to list the uh, the dictionary definition here. Well, I, I would assume by now Futurama has put it into our heads as in a sing-song little melody. Yes, I know I chastise you for bringing up Futurama. I'm also a giant hypocrite. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, I will lay down my amazing singing talents. The use of words expressing something other than their literal intention. Now that is irony. Thank you very much. There you go. So... Like, 
I mean, because that was actually a, a running gag in that show was that the word irony kept being used wrong and Bender kept getting pissed. Hmm. And it's kind of funny because that that's that's hardcore truth in television. There you go. I use irony wrong all the time, but it's just because it's like colloquial hmm. to use it in in that kind of way. It's just I know I'm doing it wrong, but you get you're getting the idea easier. Yeah, it's kind of taken on a, a second meaning, which you know whether or not it ever should have is debatable. But uh, again, I think it's just a matter of people understand that sometimes ideas that seem outwardly absurd can be humorous. They just don't really understand why. So when someone on a message board goes, "LOL, purple monkey dishwasher," they go, "Okay, that's random." It doesn't make any sense. There's no context to it. Therefore, it must be funny. Yeah, so. and there is, and there is this, this idea. I think it's also ingrained, especially in nerd culture, this idea to embrace the absurd. And then I think people get so ingrained with it, they don't know when to stop. Mm-hmm. Because then I submit to you, what does it take when when hitting zombies over the head with penises is a good idea to you? What the fuck does it take for you to say that's a bad idea? What the fuck does a show have to do for you to go, that's stupid? When when you're just eating up, gobbling up every dumbass thing that's thrown your way. When you're, you have said the phrase, like, like, what's wrong with that? That sounds awesome. More than, more than once on a regular basis? What does it take for you to go, that sounds stupid? This uh, this whole second half of this podcast feels kind of like a passive-aggressive attack at the other people on A3K. No, no, because it, it, when, when that happened, it kind of brought this idea to mind because it then made me think of other things <laughs> that I have seen throughout, especially on the Internet. Like uh, any fan, anyone who fucking likes Invader Zim for more than five minutes. Uh, for one thing, anyone who can stand that fucking robot, that obnoxious fucking robot and that fucking pink horse on that fucking pony show, my luck, I fucking, hey, what's this fucking pony show hype all about? And every fucking episode I check, let's have as much as this obnoxious pink fucking horse as much as possible. And this is this kind of thing where it's like, what does it take for people these days to say that's stupid? What does... This fucking robot in Invader Zim is just spouting nonsense. There's no joke here. It's just purple monkey walk dishwasher. Yep, 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 yep. I'm gonna say it really high pitched and fast. Why is the why are we not collectively as a society saying stop it? Don't do that anymore. Just stop it. Well, there are, there are certain fandoms that I've pretty much given up trying to analyze at this point, but uh... and 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 then we go to the Gurren Lagan people. The whole, it's so awesome, it's so awesome, because it's awesome. It's like, okay, um, at, at one point, uh, the, the, it, it just, the, you know what? Did they, did the robots grow and get stronger solely because characters want them to? That's a stupid idea. Uh, no, it's willpower and craziness and believe in the impossible and nothing is beyond the impossible. TV tropes. I'm a guy. You don't even believe it. Crank it up to 11. No. Don't reference Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap was funny. This is stupid. The robots get stronger because people want them to. Why is that robot the size of a million galaxies? That's stupid huge. Um, 
if maybe this was an ancient god or something, something Lovecraftian, I could buy that. But your robot just randomly grew that big because tweedly-deedly. And then you had the robot grow that big. And then just like the the final battle of Gurun Lagan is basically if I described it, I would sound like a five year old describing what how what they do when they play with their toys. He, oh my god, they throw galaxies! Oh, ah, yeah, the galaxies getting tossed around. Again, yeah. I, I don't know that that that's an idea that I mean, if you approach it a certain way, you probably could make it seem interesting just for not the... with giant robots that get stronger because you want them to and then just for no reason the guy the kid has adopted his dead mentors fucking elton frameless elton john glasses that are but these are supposed to be manly even though they look like fucking elton john glasses and we're gonna put them on everything because they're extreme and cool they look like elton john glasses there's nothing manly about these elton john glasses they either look like just an orange letter W or Elton John glasses. But then, for whatever reason, they magically turn into a star on his face. That doesn't look more manly. That looks ten times gayer than it already did. You have a giant, transparent star on your face. Elton fucking John literally had those glasses, but they were two stars. So Elton John had a star above you. Elton John's fucking gaudy, ridiculous glasses were a grade above your fucking gaudy, ridiculous glasses. And no one looked at this and said, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. At what point does the controls of the giant robot synergize with your fucking sunglasses and reshape them into a star (laughs) now you see the way you're describing this doesn't make it sound bad at all and i i think that's another element of it too is stuff is funnier if it's self-aware and I don't mean like self-aware characters, to be like in funny. Fact, okay, now you need to let me finish this time, Cody. We've talked about this. <laughs> now I, I want to specify that it is not funny when the characters are self-aware, as is the case in most episodes of Family Guy. But if the writers present the show in such a way that it is aware of its own ridiculousness, and it admits that, I that can be funny. I don't even – I think to an extent you're right, but there is also that element of trying too hard. Well, yeah, there's that. Like like painting and stocking was the hugest offender of that. Yeah. Like like I, uh, That show wouldn't I, calm I, the fuck down. No, that it wouldn't. That show was exhausting it, to watch. And it, it was very much like getting trying to do someone else's humor and getting it very, very wrong. They were trying to do raunchy American humor, and they were failing so hardcore – it was pretty much like watching someone try to do anime humor, like like do a super deformed sight gag, and then nosebleeds, like Teen Fucking Titans. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden they're making anime faces, but they don't do it right, so they just kind of instantly morph, but they're still kind of on model. So it's like this new kind of uncanny valley <laughs> that you never thought we you could see before. It was like, what did just happen to your face, man? What? Ew. And this is this thing, and it's like. I, I will point to Mad Bull 34 as the prototype for if you want ridiculous – this is ridiculous done well. Yeah. This made me look at a rape scene and then forget about it because, <laughs> dude, 
took off another dude's head with a coffee table. Because again, it's 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 ridiculous. It's crazy. It's over the top. But it's it's like its own. It, it's operating within its per. It has a purpose through its craziness. It's trying to be manly and crazy and cool. And it's and it. But again, there's that kind of thing where if you're gonna do that, go all the way with it. Mm-hmm. But then uh, you're walking a tightrope when you do extremes. Because if you go too far, you fall into panty and stocking land. And you become a retard, pretty much. I mean, Painting and Stocking is a retard. It's yeah. it's the retard kid of anime. That, that I mean, it's just pretty much it's it's the anime equivalent of the kid going and convulsing in the corner. And it's like, no, leave him. He does that. <laughs> Painting and Stocking is uh, kind of like uh, Baby Shin from the uh, Funimation dub Shin Chan, where all he can say are sexually suggestive words. Yeah, but that that was a one-off thing. Well, no, I'm just saying if 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 you're you know comparing it to 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 something like that, it's I know, I know but I'm I, I'm saying to the folks the difference is like that's a one-off thing. It was done with one character, and they stopped. Oh yeah, no, I mean it was it, it was funny in Shin Chan. I mean the way they did that, saying it's, it's like going with the content, whole one track mind thing. But I and I think the best way to close this discussion would be to bring up the quote from John Cleese I brought up in Kuso. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do extreme, this counts in comedy in general. And this is John fucking Cleese, as in from Monty Python. These pe- these guys know comedy, not your little fucking hyperactive Japanese people. These guys know how to be fucking funny. And they can be fucking ridiculous, fucking over the top. They can have a, a sketch with no fucking punchline and you will laugh your ass off. They know how to be funny. And John Cleese pretty much gave one of the big secrets of comedy and... Comedy is not about watching people act crazy. Comedy is about watching people watch other people act crazy. Because you need a basis in reality to contrast the crazy. Some basis in reality. It doesn't even have to be the straight man. You just have to have a connection in reality so that the craziness is contrast. Because if you don't, crazy becomes the norm. And then there's no contrast. There's no joke. Like, like, look at 12-Ounce Mouse. That's a shit show. It's so crazy. It's, it was, like, really only funny in the pilot because it had, like, a couple episode, couple jokes that were just jokes. And then it became so crazy, there's no jokes anymore. It's just craziness. What am I supposed... Where, where, where do I laugh here? Am I supposed to laugh at the absurdity of the whole thing? Because it's not funny. Is that the one where it was, like, a cardboard cutout standing around saying what a lot? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay, I remember that. The the only time it was ever funny was in the pilot where there was this square guy that had big glasses and he kept going about how rich he was and at one point he cuts off the main character to say I live in a bank so, and again it's not that funny it's just compared yeah, to the rest of the show <laughs> yeah you you need that base and I think that's where a lot of this stuff where it's where people say like these these stupid concepts like well what's wrong with that that sounds great it's that's why it's not. Because there's no, it's not grounded in anything. It's just, it's the difference between being like someone, like uh, like having a friend, like oh look at him, he's being crazy, <laughs> and then like, dude, calm the fuck down, shut up, dude, God. It's the difference between that. It's the difference between having that the the, the like the friend at parties who's like the life of the party and he's always making people laugh, and that asshole who wants attention. And we'll fight tooth and nail for it. And basically, Mad Bull 34 is the life of the party. Shit like Gurren Lagann, Panty and Stocking, they are the assholes that want attention 
more than life itself. And I say it's about high time we as a society started depriving them of that attention so that maybe, just maybe, maybe I'm just a hopeless fucking dreamer, but maybe we can start getting fewer fucking retard shows. With any luck. So maybe I'll just dream on, I don't know. So from all of us here at the other side, I'm Cody Byer. And I'm Alex Berry. Saying... You totally need to go see Mad Bull 34. And tune in to the next Other Side. You'll enjoy it, ironically. Ken is not just a martial artist. He's a true artist of martial arts. Because... He adds a spiritual side to it of, I'm going to kill you, but I'm going to give you about 10 seconds to think about what you've done. He breaks the guy's arms. Yeah. So the guy can't do anything. Yeah, he's fucking useless. And then he chads his finger. And it's like, if you break my arms and then you do more stuff to me, I I'm not give gonna up. Yeah. I'm dead. I'm already thinking about where yeah. I've gone wrong. Yeah, there, there are things that I'm thinking right now that mostly consist of, I could have done some of this better. You know, maybe I could have shared. But then, of course... I had to have rice pudding, yeah. didn't I? I knew it would end me someday. Well, I thought it would be diabetes. Not only do I need rice no, pudding, this. I need rice pudding right the now. fuck now. I can't wait ten years for the rice crop to get up. Screw that. The Method to Madness podcast with Sean Ryan and Kevin Gray. Find it online at alphacounter.com or streaming on KNO Radio. I'm getting tired of this. I think I've come up with three really good podcast taglines for the show. All right, let's hear it. All right, first up, the two guys in my podcast, because it's so epic that it takes two guys to do it. That is fucking retarded. Yeah, I didn't like that one anyway. Okay, how about the second one? It's going to blow you away. All right. All right. The two guys in my podcast, because we're legend, wait for it. How about we don't? Fine. I didn't like that one anyway. Okay. This third one is sure to impress. Uh Uh-huh. All right. The two guys in my podcast, because it's rock, paper, scissors to the death. Yes, yes, and yes. Nah, I'm not feeling that one either. What? Why? I gave my opinion on what you wanted, and you just trashed it? All right, you know what? To hell with these taglines. The two guys in my podcast was started by two guys... That's us. ...that love talking about anime, manga, and going to conventions, and they wanted to share their opinion with the masses. We are not here to give you the business... And we are most definitely not here to show you the other side. The two guys in the mic podcast, because we're... Oh, hold on, Jameer. What? I don't think our podcast has sunk that low where we have to steal a catchphrase from a really crappy wrestler. Man, I like that one, too. The two guys in my podcast, Mondays on Anime3000.com. Rest in peace, headphone users. Who stepped on it? Are you having trouble in the bedroom? Then you should listen to Fight Bait Anime Podcast. Clinical trials show that Fight Bait Anime Podcast will give you extremely hard wood. Side effects of Fight Bait Anime Podcast include increased blood flow, maximum endurance, and better. www.anime.fightbait.com We'll make your so hard they'll have to legalize polygamy. Hello, this is Sean Russell, founder of Anime3000.com. 
Since 2008, we've been committed to bringing you reviews, discussions, and interviews about anime, manga, video games, and comic book culture. We thank you for your support as our numbers have risen steadily over the years. With that being said, we desperately need your support for our next venture. A3K wants to be the official source for convention coverage. Don't panic, we're not asking you to donate money. Let's face it, we're all broke and would rather spend our extra change on our favorite DVD or collectible. We just need you to show our sponsors and advertisers that you care about our programming. That's why we've created the A3K Prize Vault. You can find the Prize Vault on almost every page of Anime3000.com. Just look for a picture of a present. All you need to do is retweet, like, subscribe, or even leave feedback on our articles. We're not asking you to like all of our programming. Just let us know what you think and be constructive. We have several milestones that we need to reach and once we've accomplished all of our goals, we will give out prizes to our strongest supporters. These prizes include DVD box sets, manga, and A3K prize packs. Your support helps us bring more quality programming to our network, but if you're new to the A3K network, here's what you've been missing. Sundays you can look forward to hearing the other side as they provide a controversial look at anime and overall fandom. Two guys in a mic bring you a fresh-faced look at some popular and newly released anime and video game titles. Tuesday, Method to Madness provides a more seasoned approach with reviews and obscure and sometimes popular anime and video game series. Other podcasts found on the A3K network include The Bonus Round, A3K Panel, A3K Radio, Anime Pulse, Fight Bait Anime Podcast 2.0, Anime World Order, Anime Addicts Anonymous, and the Speakeasy Podcast. Throughout the week, you could also see video programming from A3K TV, which includes The Eye Shine Experience with Johnny Young Bosch and Anime Zone. The best way to find our programming is to visit Anime3000.com or subscribe to our various feeds. All the information you need and more can be found at Anime3000.com slash A3K-Vault. Or simply, you can look for a picture of a present in articles on the main page. Remember, show your support daily so we can continue to grow and provide you with more quality content, prizes, and coverage of your favorite series, conventions, and events. <laughs>